0: So it's going to be a short sermon, so I just kind of want to give you the big idea at the very beginning. I'm going to hammer it home, and then we're going to do something fun. Is that cool? Even if it's not, it's what we're doing. So <laughs> uh, is that cool with you guys? If, if, okay, so, so here's, here's the big idea of, of what we're wrestling with today, okay? And, and I believe this is really simple. If you've been around Ethos, you've heard me say this a thousand times. You're probably sick of me saying it. But here's, here's the big idea, okay? Jesus did not save us. Simply so we could come and listen to sermons and sing songs sitting next to one another facing a the screen. There's nothing wrong with any of that. I believe it's a part of it. But I believe that, that, that Jesus came into the earth. He dealt with the sin problem. He raised from the dead. He has given us his Holy Spirit for far more than that. And that Jesus longs to give you more than just a philosophical or religious understanding of who he was. He is inviting you into the reality of who he still is. And to be a follower of Jesus is about more than the receiving or the consuming of songs and sermons. It's about leaning the entirety of your life into the adventurous ways of Christ. And I still believe, this is uh, like my heart's desire that we would come to really believe this. I believe that life with Christ is the most adventurous, most wonderful, most radical way to be alive. And if you're really interested in being fully alive, it only happens in the presence of Jesus. Have you ever had these moments where... For whatever reason, you had the courage to just kind of lay your life before God and say, God, use me however you want to use me today. Use me however you want to use me this week. Whatever I have is is yours so that you can bless others uh, around. And I go, this is the, the heartbeat of what it means to follow Jesus, where we come to Jesus and say, Jesus, everything I have is yours. Would you use me as a conduit of blessing for those that are around you? I don't know if you've ever tasted this before, but I would imagine that you have these moments where God maybe takes something that you have and he uses it to bless somebody physically or he takes something that you have and he uses it to bless somebody spiritually or emotionally. I'm just curious, isn't it true that there is no greater joy in life than opening up your life to God so that God can use your life for the blessing of somebody else? Isn't it an amazing feeling to be used by God for the good of somebody else? And over and over and over, Jesus is going to stand up in front of his disciples. He's going to say, man, I've I've come so that you could have life, so that you know life, that you'd have it to the fullest. And it's more than listening and singing. It is participating in the realness of of who God is. And the disciples, Jesus' earliest followers, were constantly discovering this, that Jesus did not land on planet Earth to form a new religion. Jesus came to planet Earth to set people free. And he said, man, there is this adventurous life. So I just want to look at this really short story, kind of the, the, the big idea that Jesus is inviting us into this adventure. Mark chapter 6, open it up with me. We're going to start in verse 30. And I just want to look at this, this story really quickly. Jesus has just sent the disciples out on this amazing adventure. Uh, they've experienced all kinds of things. They're getting ready to come back. Verse 30. So it says, The apostles gathered around Jesus, and they reported to him all that they had done and taught in his name. Then because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and we're going to get some rest. So I want you to imagine this scene. Pretend Jesus Christ was standing here in the flesh this morning in front of you instead of me. It would be a much better day. But let's pretend that Jesus is standing here in the flesh and he says, listen, I've got something for you to do. You're going into the world. You're going to teach people about the goodness of God. You're going to demonstrate the power of the kingdom. I'm going to change the world through you. So imagine you take Jesus at his word and you've gone out and God uses you in unbelievable ways. In fact, he uses you in such a big way that you forget to eat for seven days. Can you imagine what this would be like? You come back your next Sunday and it's like, hey, how was your week? It's like, I'm starving. It's like, why are you so hungry? Oh, I kind of forgot to eat. I was just so on mission with Christ. It's like so filled with the Holy Spirit, so many baptisms, never eating. It's like, what a day, what a week that would have been. And this is, this is the story. The disciples have been sent out. They've, they've encountered this amazing thing. They come back to Jesus. They're so exhausted. So many people are coming to the Lord. It's what the Word says, is that they didn't even have time to eat. And so Jesus says, here's the plan. Let's get away, a little guy's trip, you know, a little R&R, rest and relaxation. Let's get in the boat. Let's, let's get away by ourselves. This is the way the story keeps unfolding. Jump down to verse 32. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many people saw them And they recognized them and they ran around the lake on foot from all the towns and villages and they got there ahead of them. And when Jesus and the disciples' boat landed on the shore and they saw the large crowd, Jesus had, what's that word? Compassion or mercy, as some of your Bibles say, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus stood up and he began teaching them many things. I want you to think about this for a moment. Put yourself in their shoes. What is the most exhausted you've ever been? You know, those of you that are in college, it's that feeling right at the end of finals, three all-nighters in a row, and you bomb the test anyways. Worst feeling, worst feeling in the world. You're exhausted. Or it's at the end of a busy work season. You know, you've, you've worked and worked, burned the candle at both ends, and you just hit the end of your rope. Or you're a stay-at-home parent, and you know, your husband has been gone for 4 days on business or your wife has been gone for 4 days on business and you've had the kids all by yourself and isn't it true on that 4th day around dinner time you know they're coming home but you're ready to kill them cuz you're just at the end of your rope you're exhausted and this is where Jesus and the disciples are they're just absolutely worn out they're they're getting away and I love as we keep reading you're going to notice Their time of rest and relaxation is going to get crashed by those who are around them. It's not one people or ten people. But Mark's going to tell us 5,000 men plus their wives and children showed up. So we're talking 20,000 people. Can you imagine this? The most exhausting moment of your life, your year, your day. And there's a knock on the door and you open it up and there's 20,000 deep just (laughs) just lined up. And I love Jesus' response. What does he do? He says he has compassion. So he has compassion, and in the midst of the exhaustion, he stands up, he begins to teach. Are you guys with me? Does this make sense? Are you seeing this story? Okay, let's keep going. By this time, verse 35, he'd been teaching all day. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. And they said, Jesus, this is a remote place, and it is very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countrysides and villages and buy themselves something to eat. And so you could just imagine this moment. Peter's looking around. He's the pragmatist. He's like, okay, a lot of hungry people. We're hungry. No Taco Bell, no Chick-fil-A, no KFC. Not even a jack-in-the-box. I mean, we would eat at a jack-in-the-box. That's how hungry they are. But they, they, they look around, and they're like, there is no edible food in the vicinity Let's send them away. <laughs> Let's let the people get some food. And I love Jesus' response to them. Look down at verse 37. But Jesus answered, you give them something to eat. And don't you know this was insulting? <laughs> they're like, bro, we were so tired. <laughs> we forgot to eat all last week because we're baptizing people. <laughs> like, came on this vacation. It's been crashed, like, thousands of people. We just told you they're hungry. There's no Jack in the Box or Taco Bell or KFC. Everybody's hungry, and Jesus looks at them. This had to be the most frustrating sentence in the world. Hey, give them something to eat but it keeps going. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much money on bread and give them something to eat? This is a smart mouth comment. I'm sure Judas made it right, you know. Um, <laughs> you, you like that one? <laughs> it's all in there, never mind. And I love what Jesus says. Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? Why don't you go and see? He says, see what you have. And it says that when they found out, they came back even more depressed. <laughs> Jesus, we only have five pieces of bread and two fish. So then Jesus directed them. He said, have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up into heaven. He gave thanks and he broke the loaves and then he gave them to the disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and they were all satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of leftover bread and fish and the number of men who had eaten, not counting their wives and children, were 5,000. So you imagine just kind of this unbelievable moment in the midst of their exhaustion they find themselves walking with Jesus Jesus stands up with all of his compassion and he says I want to use you to meet the need and I love this this moment the disciples journey where they see the overwhelming need in front of them and they realize that the demand of the people is greater than the supply that they can give them They see that the size of the problem is is much bigger than their human capabilities to meet it. And so if the disciples do anything right, it's that they come to the only one that can meet the need. And I love this moment in Mark chapter 6 because you you see this beautiful miracle unfolded. I want you to hear this. This is so important for you to hear. Can we all just shake our heads in agreement that Jesus Christ did not need the disciples to feed the, the multitude, right? He didn't need the disciples. Like, he didn't need them to perform the miracle, so you can imagine Jesus who had an amazing sense of humor. I, I'm banking that Jesus is the funniest person that's ever lived because he created the sense of humor. I mean, he knows what's funny. Can you imagine the, the, this moment? They bring him the, the five pieces of bread and the two fish. And they're like, this is all we've got. And I, you know Jesus had to mess with him. He's like, okay, Peter. <laughs> how <laughs> Do we have enough? And they're like, "Ah." Oh. I love this moment. Jesus lifts it before God. He says, he says, here, watch this. When you trust me with the little that you have, I will multiply it for the good of those that don't. And this is a kingdom principle that you see over and over and over. When we are willing to come to Jesus with the little that we have, so often he will multiply it for the sake of those that don't. And this has been the story of the disciples' life. This has been the story of our church's life. And I can tell you hundreds and hundreds of stories like this where We have found ourselves in the city. We've seen a real need, and we've gone, wow, that need is way too big for us. But for whatever reason, we had enough sense to come into the presence of Jesus and say, Jesus, here's all we have. Can you multiply the miracle in our hands for the sake of those that don't have? And over and over and over, God has done this for the last six years. I've been thinking about this three years ago this weekend we stumbled into this accidental tradition here at Ethos. And if you've been around Ethos for a while, you, you know exactly what's getting ready to happen in a couple of minutes. But a few years ago, we got a phone call on the Thursday before Thanksgiving from one of our good friends here in the city. His name's Ron Shepard. He leads Youth for Christ, works with hundreds of families um, throughout the week. A lot of you are a part of his ministry and do amazing things here in the city. Uh, but Ron called us and he said, hey, we were expecting a Food shipment for these families that we work with, and it's not going to come in before the holidays. Can your church help us meet the need of these families? And at the time we were a really small church, just a couple hundred people. And uh, you know, okay, how do we do this? I remember looking at the finances, and we saw the need that the, the people were so many, and the need was so big, and our finances were so small, and we thought, how do we do this? And we just kept hearing the words of Jesus out of Mark chapter six, where Jesus said, You feed them. <laughs> You feed them. What do you have? Go and see. What do you have? And so we sat down and we're like, okay, what do we have? How can we we deal with this issue? And we thought, okay, we don't have much money and we don't have much time to get the word out, but here's what we do have. We do have a couple hundred crazy people that love the Lord that are willing to meet the needs of people in the city, right? I'm talking about you guys. And like, we got this crazy group of people that will do anything short of sinning. And some of you actually sin, but um, you'll do anything short of sin to meet the needs of somebody else. We're like, so, so what do we do? And we came up with this idea. We thought, what if in the middle of the sermon, instead of finishing the sermon, we, we canceled the rest of our time together. No more songs, no more sermon. What if we all went to Kroger together and we just looted the place, like took all, well, paid for it, like took all the canned goods, <laughs> put it in, in our shopping carts. We, we went and we put it in a U-Haul. We drove it downtown. We're like, wouldn't that be amazing? That sounds just crazy enough to maybe be from God. And so I remember three years ago, the first time we did this, it was about this point in the sermon, I said, guys, in a few minutes, we're going to Kroger, and we're going to clear out the shelves, or we're going to take it to people. And you could see people, they're like, is Kroger a metaphor? I'm like, no, it's not a metaphor. It's like, we're going to Kroger. You know? We're, we're going we're gonna to buy everything. And there's this amazing moment. We filled up this U-Haul. And then last year they called us and we filled up five U-Hauls. And, you know, we just got a call from one of our uh, locations a few minutes ago. They're like, the U-Hauls are full. <laughs> it's like, we got 91 more services coming. So make, make room. It's just this amazing thing that God does. When we trust Him with the little, He, he multiplies it for the good of those that are around us. And here's what's beautiful is just like the disciples, today you will have the opportunity for the miracle of Christ's compassion to pass through your hands for the sake of those who need to be blessed. And it's going to be this amazing moment when we walk into Kroger in a few minutes, and we're going to come by the hundreds from our different locations, and there's always this point of panic where the people that are working there, they're like, what's happening? (laughs) And you can just tell them, it's the apocalypse, have you not heard? Like, (laughs) we're... No, it's it's just this amazing moment because the truth is we could meet this need a hundred different ways. We could have had you bring money today and we could have purchased it. We could have had you bring canned goods today. But here's what we've discovered over the last couple of years is that we meet the physical need of thousands of people in our city by buying the canned foods today. But you're going to meet the spiritual needs of hundreds of people who just showed up at Kroger on a Sunday morning to shop. And you're gonna have the opportunity to be a visible demonstration of what the compassion of Jesus looks like when it flows through a human life. And there's this amazing thing that happens every year when you get to Kroger. People will see you walking around, they're like, where'd all you come from? And and you'll have the joy of saying, our church canceled services today so that we could come buy food for hungry people. Do you wanna help? And every year, strangers will just jump in and they'll start helping. I remember a couple of years ago, one of the managers, he was so fired up about what was happening. At first he was angry, then he was excited. (laughs) And he's like, this is amazing. And he said, I want to match. Whatever you guys buy, I'll match it. And I'm like, everyone in this store is here with us. And he's like, never mind, I'll give you 100 goods. And I'm, just like this, this moment of joy, just like people, people getting in on the fun. And, and, and you're going to get to be a part of the miracle today. You're going to get to be a part of the miracle. And we'll spend the rest of this week distributing to thousands of people um, throughout the city. Um, Who need it? So here's how this is going to work. For those of you that are Type A, I'm going to give you some real specific instructions. (laughs) For the rest of you, you can get the information from your Type A friend because you'll you won't pay attention. You'll forget it. (laughs) So as you leave here in just a moment, there's going to be no more songs or sermon. We're going to all stand up. We're going to walk out the doors. There will be people in the lobby who will be passing out these grocery lists. Okay. On the top of the grocery list are four different grocery stores, and in front of these grocery stores are U-Hauls with Ethos signs uh, printed on them. The the U-Haul is probably in the back part of the parking lot, so we don't break fire codes, but you'll see it when you get there. And uh, so go to one of these Kroger's. Can I recommend going to one of the Kroger's other than the Melrose Kroger? That's where a lot of you are gonna be tempted to go, and that's okay if you go there, but we've just been killing them all morning. So if you wanna go to one one of the other places, that's great. You can also go to Melrose. And go in, and here's a list of items that we're purchasing for um, folks in our city who are in need. The cheapest item on this list is 60 cents, Um, the most expensive is a few dollars. You can buy one item, you can buy all the items. Um, you can buy multiple lists. You can do whatever you want. If you don't have any money, still come and worship with us in the aisles of Kroger. I'm telling you, the greatest worship experience I've ever had at Ethos is not what happened in Allen Arena a couple of weeks ago. It's what happens every year when we all just crowd into Kroger and we, we live out the words of Jesus together, okay? And so even if you can't buy anything, just go, just like walk around, loiter, okay? <laughs> just just have, have an amazing time for the glory, lo- loitering for the glory of God. That's a new ministry here at Ethos. Um but you can do, it, It's going to be an amazing time together. Uh, some of you will be tempted. You're like, oh, man, we've got lunch. You've got plans. Call your lunch plans. Have them come and meet you. It, it will be the most wonderful um, part of your day. So church is not done for the day. It's just getting started. And uh, you get to be the sermon. You get to finish it for the world around you. So I want to invite you. Let's stand up together. Let's go be a part of the miracle. Let's have an amazing time. I love you guys. Isn't this going to be fun? See you at Kroger in a few minutes. Peace.